We want to be pumped. We want to be that person that other people can count on when it really matters. The person who has that great idea, that drive, that follow through. We want to believe that stress can bring out the best in us. Hey, I'm Linda Ferguson of NLP Canada Training, here with the third episode in our series on the skills we teach in the NLP Practitioner class. And our third day of the course is all about managing stress. Because as seductive as we find stress, as much as we love the edge, the awareness, the energy and motivation and focus that come with pressure. We also feel stressed out, feel like the stress is getting to us, feel like we can't handle the stress. And we're afraid we're going to drop the ball, miss the shot, let everyone down, and let ourselves down. So how do we manage stress so that stress is optimized? I know it's kind of a buzzword, but really what we want to do is moderate stress because when we have too little stress, we don't say, I'm not stressed enough. We say things like, I'm not challenged or I'm not motivated. And we know where there's good stuff we need more of. When we're worrying about stress, it's usually because we feel like there is too much stress, that we have been under pressure too long, that it is wearing us out, and maybe that it's wearing our relationships out. We start with understanding why our brains might produce this stress effect in us. And it's really not about, I'm trying to make you feel miserable so you'll stop something, so much as your brain is trying to amp you up so that you have what you need to deal with intense temporary situations. And the problem with that is What we learn from it is that stress makes us feel strong. It makes us feel powerful and driven. It gives us great focus and heightened acuity. And we like those things. So now instead of waiting for our brain to produce a stress response to something real, to something immediate that really does require this very special, intense response. We start encouraging ourselves to see things as stressful because we sort of get in the habit of thinking that if we are under stress, we somehow will keep paying attention, we'll keep motoring on, we'll keep trying to do the right thing. So the first kind of step in dealing with stress is noticing 
that quite a lot of the time, the way stress manifests makes us feel super. And I use that word, super, like a superhero, like we have more of the good stuff than we usually have, that we are more aware, that we are more focused, that we are more capable, that we are more energized, that we are more motivated and directed. And with all of that, we go, ha, want to be that, right? Now, as I'm talking, you might notice that you not only get a little bit pumped, but you get a little bit edgy. Because the result of all that focus and intensity is, is like perennial noise at the end of your nerves, making you antsy, making you possibly short-tempered, and probably making you feel like you have to move, even when you're not really sure what to do. And all of this intensity is hard on you and it's hard on your relationships because it means that for people to connect with you, to be in rapport with you, to hang out and just be present with you, they have to take into their own bodies a lot of this edginess and antsiness and sometimes even what follows from too much of that, that sense of having carried too much for too long. And no one wants that who isn't in the middle of it. It's not a benefit to them. They don't identify themselves as being in that situation. And so you kind of get out of sync with people. You are thinking and moving quickly and with a lot of significance attached to everything. And they are more balanced in their perspectives, maybe. Or maybe they're hyper about something different. So the key to making your stress work for you instead of against you starts with knowing that when we connect with other people, when we add our sense of being in a positive, reciprocal connection to our awareness, our heightened alertness, our heightened energy that comes with stress, it kind of takes the edge off. It allows the focus to be more deliberate and less mesmerized. It allows us to start feeling like we have the energy and the drive and the sense of purpose that will carry us through instead of relying on fear of things going wrong to drive us through. And this leads us to an understanding that if what we want is to have just the right amount of stress in our circumstances and in our responses, then we need to think about how we can plan for having just the right response. And we call this mental rehearsal a lot of the time. We mean thinking through not just what you need to get done, 
but how you need to be while you are doing it. Where you'll be, yes. When you'll be, uh uh-huh. But also what state do you want to carry in to what you're doing? So if you think of something now, something where you're feeling like, oh, there's too much stress, I can't handle the stress, just ask yourself, what would be different if stress wasn't an issue? If I had exactly the same things to get done under exactly the same circumstances, but I kind of refused to play. I refused to let the circumstances dictate my experience. And instead, how would I find states to be in that had lots of energy and awareness and motivation and focus but didn't carry the weight or the edginess of stress. And if I was in those states, what else would I be noticing? How would I make it less intense so that I stopped wasting energy on being intense and could use all of the energy available to do the work that needs to be done? From there, you can say, okay, that's a situation where I'm already under stress. When I build my path to another goal, to maybe a long-term goal, maybe something's going to take a year or five years, or it may be just a really immediate goal, like something you need to do this week. But when you think about it, how do you start layer in your intention that you will have enough stress to bring out your best and no more? How do you recognize how that state starts turning up in your connections with other people, in your connections with yourself, in your thoughts and your beliefs, in what you notice about how you fit into the world so that it all comes together and allows you to go right. This is the right amount of stress, the amount of stress that motivates me and sharpens me, and not the amount of stress that stresses me out. But also, not the amount of stress that is so low it lets me off the hook. It makes it easy to not do the things that I genuinely want to do, to not do the hard things that involve showing up for other people, for instance, that I really want to be sure I'm going to do those things. So I want some stress, but not too much stress. And we can chunk that down even further to notice that there are lots and lots of words I've been using so far in this podcast that represent states that share some of the physiology of stress without sharing all of it, that we can be energized instead of stressed, and that will give us that access to energy that we get from stress without that over-muscling, or that we could be excited, we could be motivated, we could be ready to get moving, we could be sometimes determined, sometimes 
caring. These are words that, under some circumstances, have that element of, you know, a strong backbone in them. Emotional intelligence, in part, means noticing a physiology in you, feelings, both the kinds of feelings that are emotional and the kind of feelings that show up in levels of tension, um, uh, antsiness, in that, that wanting to move kind of feeling. Noticing that in your body and then having multiple different ways of explaining it, which means different labels to put on the same feeling. Sometimes it's called anxiety. Sometimes it's called excitement. Sometimes it's called pressure. Sometimes it's called drive. Sometimes it's called exhaustion. Sometimes it's called resolve or determination. And all of these pairings share a lot of the same feelings in your body, a lot of the same impact. And so it's easy for you to choose a label that allows you to be just stressed enough and not overstressed, to bring out the best in you and to feel the best that you can feel under the circumstances, to control and maintain your well-being no matter what's happening around you. And so a large part of NLP training comes back to this monitoring your own state and then making choices, not just about how to change it, but first about how to interpret it, how to use it. How to notice what you're feeling, allow yourself to give it that label that is uh, too much stress, but then go, but what else could it be? and start finding in yourself those shifts. Now, when we are stressed, we feel like things are closing in. We feel this intense need to be present in just the thing that we are focusing on. And one of the things we can do to manage stress is just the opposite of that. We can use our willpower not to power through and keep doing the thing that is stressing us, but use our willpower instead to take a few moments, to take some deep breaths, and to allow ourselves to push to the edges of our awareness instead of focusing in so that you could learn to pay attention to sound that is farther and farther away from you, to imagine looking with your peripheral vision and not just the vision that shows you what's right in front of your nose, to be aware of space around you and of extending your senses to scan instead of scanning in a way that is just looking for that one frequency, that one thing, but just to be open and 
and looking. And in NLP, we call that stop the world. And it's a state where you just allow yourself to be quiet on the inside, in the center, because all of your attention, all of your energy is moving out to your edges. And it can be a gateway to being in the zone, to being able to really engage with what you're doing with a clear head and no extra noise. Or it can be a way of sitting with something that stressed you out and finding yourself calm and calmly energetic in the presence of that thing. Can you do this with language instead of with your senses? You can always do things in language that you can do with your senses, but it takes a little longer and the results are a little weaker, a little more um, transparent, a little more not quite stable when we do it through language. But because of that, we're often willing to use language to loosen things up just a little. And the language of perspective helps us leach a little bit of that intense emotion out of a situation so that, not just so we can see clearly, because you can see clearly with intense focus, but you can also see clearly in a way that gives you access to a much bigger picture. And in fact, the way your eyes work to take in that bigger picture, you have to relax a little bit of focus because focusing on one thing might be, uh, you know, clear, high resolution vision, but it's also a distortion of the place that that one thing has in the whole of your life or the whole of a context. And so we practice widening our frame, which means thinking, pushing our senses, pushing our thoughts out to take in much more time, more space, bigger categories. And we call that putting things in perspective, right? When we say, I've got to get away, I've got to get up high and take a look at the whole landscape spread out before me, and then I'll know. What we mean is the farther we get away from something, the less emotional impact it has, the less intensity it has, and the more perspective and balance we are able to have. And so that's another practice. It's not something that happens by good luck. It's not something that happens just because you want it to happen. It happens because you practice having the intention to shift your perspective so that you can take in new information so that you can moderate your stress level so that then you can make good choices for yourself and for the people around you. Another way to do this is to take advantage of those connections with other people that we talked about as moderating stress. And this means imagining the perspectives that various people you know might have on the situation that you are in. And just because everybody might respond differently in that 
range of possibility, you experience an opening up. And anytime you open up, you also lessen stress. So our day on managing stress isn't so much about stress, but it is about really focusing in on our abilities to notice what's going on in us and to say, wait, check in with who I am at this moment and what I'm experiencing. How can I tweak that so that it is more useful? More useful in getting to a result, but also more useful in the bigger picture of only taking the necessary amount of wear and tear to get it done, of only requiring the necessary amount of willpower so that I am able to enjoy my experience while I'm having it and to recover and be ready for the next thing. The thing that helps us most in doing this is that we connect to other people other people who have the intensity, the awareness, and the energy we need to show us that we can have all of our best without too much stress. I'm Linda Ferguson, NLP Canada Training.